Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Locklear. And today here on Locked on Clippers, we're going to be talking about Brandon Boston Jr., giving him his season grade. Mm -hmm. What a development. What a great talent to have gotten as late as we got him. Yes. Uh, we also have a What You Say Wednesday. Every single Tuesday, we put a poll out on Twitter. That's at Locked on Clips. We want to know what you think about a given subject. This one is all about the final shot. Ooh, tense. Very tense. Uh, and also, we're going to be talking about Kawhi's off-season training plans. So all that and more coming up. Right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome to Locked On Clips. Coming at you five days a week, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. on your podcast dial. You can kill some windshield time with us. It's a fun time. Um, oh, yeah. Today we're talking Brandon Boston Jr., who came to the league in a very interesting way. Um, he was drafted with the 51st pick. Projected at one point to be a top five pick. Yeah. And then proceeded to have, basketball-wise, a pretty rough go of it at Kentucky. And personally, a devastating Ooh. year. Got COVID, got hurt, lost one of his closest friends. Um, he was very close to when that happened. The, I, I think we talked about it once on this pod, but probably the toughest year you could have as a, what, 19-year-old? Oh, for sure. During a pandemic to go to school and have all of these things happen. Yeah. And then try and play basketball in a system that is weird to play basketball in. Yeah. For some people. Yeah. Um, but he was drafted with the 51st pick. The Clippers immediately showed their faith in Brandon Boston Jr. with a guaranteed amount of two and a half million dollars. Which, given the Clippers draft history, is very notable. Given the draft history in general, that's the most guaranteed money for a draft pick in the 50s that didn't spend time as an overseas draft and stash before coming to the NBA ever. Dang. It's unprecedented. It's a low amount, obviously, but it just shows what the Clippers liked and saw in Brandon Boston Jr. This year for the Clips, he averaged seven points, two boards, one assist, and 15 minutes per game, over 51 appearances for the Clippers, around 800 minutes or so. Um, he shot 30% on two three-point attempts per game, 42% on two two-point attempts per game, um, he scored 27 in Boston during that three-point win. That yeah. was great. Um, five of eight from three, four of four from the line. Showed off how he can score from anywhere. Um, the G League, based on the admittedly weird amount of stats that are available for the G League, <laughs> um, which is patchy, I would say. Three games for the AC Clippers. Averaged 24 and four in 36 minutes per game. 31% on five threes a game. 43% on 10 twos a game. Will, what did we like from Brandon Boston Jr.'s 21-22 season? Uh, I mean, those per 36 numbers are pretty nice. What's that per 36? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, man, what did we like? The scoring translated at an NBA level, right? Which I, gotta, I, I feel like is... That's what he came here to do for the most part. Definitely. But it's still like a big question, right? And sure. he did have what we talk about on this podcast all the time, like sort of that like rookie funk where like you don't have necessarily the bag around the rim to not get right. like the ship locked and out of you by skinny. like... Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, like him being able to score at the next level, I think is super encouraging. And to be able to do it, like, he had his ups and downs, but I mean, like, for a rookie season, you know, 30%, two three-point attempts per game, you know, it's, it's not terrible. It's not, it's, it's, it's a good start. It's a nice start. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 42% on two 
two-point attempts per game. That'll definitely improve. The thing- and you look at the G League stats where, like, he's 20, right? He shot 53% on twos in the G League, which I think is even more encouraging, right? Because you're going against more seasoned guys. Obviously not compared to the pros, but, like, he, he's so young. Yeah. That I think we got, like, kind of all you could expect from him. In a already wonky year from the Clippers. Yeah. Um, in terms of lineup stuff. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I I kind of see so Brandon Boston Jr. to me is the thesis statement for if you were a fan that maybe wanted this to be more of a developmental kind of a season, right? Yeah. Um. So this was his kind of best shot at development. Hundred um, percent. They kept him up the whole time too, so we could learn around guys, right? They didn't send him down to the G League or anything like that. I mean, yeah, like that. Fifteen minutes per game over fifty-one appearances. He's not sniffing that again next year, right? Um, so, yeah, and and I think also, I mean, like, look, I realize in the numbers, it's he averaged one assist per game, um, but from where he started, I do think that he. Yeah. This is going to be my knock on him, too, so I'll, let, course, you, I'll yeah. let you chime in with your good stuff first. But um, I, I do think we did see some development in that area. We saw some development. If you watched him in the summer league and things like that, the man was not looking to pass. Yeah. Which, can't, at all, can't blame him. Yeah. 19-year-old, 20-whatever, brought in to be a scorer, has a chip on his shoulder, wants to show what he can do best, which is score. But... As the season went on, there were times, again, and I mean as like pretty late in the total of the 800 minutes or so that he played, where he would get the ball and he would actually make the right read. Like he would dish it off someone who was open. He wouldn't force something. That amount of improvement, that's honestly what I was most excited to see because he wasn't uber selfish yes it was oh okay i if i'm at this level now that i'm playing nba minutes as this goes on obviously the boston game's different where he's just red hot do your thing i can help just keep the offense flowing he's not going to be a facilitator he's not going to be a three-point shooter but if he's able to have that just hey i can still pass out yeah cute like yeah like that was really exciting for me to see but this goes into what we didn't like. Well, I, I got totally one last thing, that. though. I yeah. do have one last thing on what we did like. Yeah. By all accounts, Brand Boston Jr. is the kind of guy who's asking everybody what it takes to stay oh, in this league. Oh, yeah. Great point. Like, there was, not, there was not a vet on the roster who did not talk about the tenacity of Brandon Boston Jr. and, like, just wanting to learn how to, like, how to make it in this league and how to be a contributing player. Yeah. And he's and, great on the bench. Yeah. Like, and, and talked like, about it on the pod. Yeah. And, like, I mean, you know, we all, I mean, intangibles are, you know, vague and they're whatever. Sure. But, like, I think a guy taken at the 51st pick who has, the thing about Brian Boston Jr. is you, you have the pedigree, right? Like, that had to be such a knock to the ego yeah. to have the, the high school pedigree that he had going to the college that he went to and then the way that it turned out in the draft and to be able to turn that around by like trying to figure out how to you know how to actually stay in this league and how to be effective at this level i think says a lot about a person yeah and i think that that is important who got i mean he got the most money in the second round right that could easily go to your head at age 19 oh 100 (laughs) i mean i mean all he you know it would be very easy for a what 19 year old to say well i got the money they know i'm ready i know i'm ready. yeah i can do my thing if i'm not and this this clippers roster too right like 
being drafted by the Clippers at this moment in Clippers history is not like the previous, you know, 11 seasons before this, where you get drafted by the Clippers, you're like, hey, I'm probably going to play a bunch. Yeah. Because we're not very good. Now, you got to make the most of your 760 total minutes. And mm -hmm. I, I think for the most part, he did lap. What we didn't like, look, the defense still needs work. He's got the physical tools, which he needs is the weight. encouraging. He's yeah. got the length. He needs a bit of weight. Yeah. I just think it's a time and weight thing. He's actively trying to get better, which is good. He's not dogging it on defense. He's not showing things where you're like, does this guy even care about this end? He's trying to be a serviceable NBA player. And you know that he's paying attention in film sessions. Yeah. And if you're absorbing that kind of stuff, like I think you can become a better defender. Yeah. That's a good call. Him and Luke being like, do you want to be better defenders together? Yep. <laughs> That's a good time. And then also, look, he's a walking bucket. Sometimes it was just a little selfish. Yeah, so this is the biggest this is the biggest thing. And, you know, we, we kind of talked about this on, on both levels because I do feel like he did make improvements. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was definitely, like, there was an effort for him to be more of a facilitator. The biggest knock on him, and, like, honestly, like, the biggest what I see as the biggest hurdle for him to overcome to, to getting more minutes would be like if he was a guy who could also initiate an offense around him. Right. Not like point Boston or anything, but yeah. when the lineups get wonky, to not be worried that he's going to make a bad decision. Yeah. I think is where I'm at for one. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. But that, to me, like, and kind of, what is fairly or unfairly asked of players on this roster to kind of be this Swiss sure. Army thing. Right. Um, if he was able to initiate an offense consistently or at least at a level that you're not scared of, yeah. you know, um, him making, like, the wrong decision, I think that that, like, catapults him kind of, like, up the, you know, sort of third up yeah. kind of guys. Um, he's weird because he's a tweener because part of me wants to watch him just go crush it in the G League. Yeah. But I almost think... His raw skill. I just feel like he's ready. That's what I mean. His raw. Which is so difficult. Yes. It, on this roster specifically. Yeah. Because he's like, you know, he's ready to learn and improve. But like, you know, it's just going to be finding those minutes for him. Yeah. Him and Preston. He needs to get on the Preston weight plan. Yeah. Um, final grade for Brandon Boston Jr. I guess I, I'm gave probably. Amir coffee and A. We, the people who have A's are Reggie, Amir, Rocco. Uh, we gave coffee and I. Yeah, and coffee. Um, to me, he's really cuspy on that like B B plus A level. Yeah. And the only reason that he's not like full A is just because, and this is not even his fault, but I just do have some questions about like his fit and the developmental minutes moving forward, which I know is maybe not right to hold against him. But hey, this is I'm the professor here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm going A. All right. I'm going A. We knew he could score. He showed he could score. Straight A. A minus, A plus. A minus. We knew he could score. He scored. We wanted him to get better at defense a little bit. He got a tiny bit better. We wanted him to not be as selfish. He got not as selfish. In All these, valid points. In these minutes, I'm not, like, aside from him putting up, you know, like, like the jump from what he did this year. Like, if you took what he did this year and, like, the next level up from that, is like kind of absurd to think about. Right? I mean, his like, his upside is his upside is insane, and it's we just, saw flashes of that. And I I think that's why I'm giving him an A minus. And great teammate, yeah, is the other thing. Um, coming up, let us know what you think over at Locked On Clips. Coming up, we're talking the What You Say Wednesday Make or Break Edition. But first, we got to give a shout out to Built Bar. 
Uh, they have so many delicious flavors. They have coconut, cherry, varsity, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. My personal favorite right now, coconut. I like coconut. I get, coconut is underrated. Yes, I would agree very much so. I also like orange. Big fruit and chocolate guy, I guess. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are these flavors the best tasting, they're healthy as well. Built Bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Check out the Puffs. First ever protein-infused marshmallow. Brian Cullen was very excited about those. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. One more time, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks, Big Fruit and chocolate chuck uh anyways right now we're talking what you say wednesday uh make or break edition um look we've talked about what this window could look like for this team oh yeah um so this question was all about that basically boiled down to do you think the 22 to 23 season is the last best shot the clippers will have at a title during the 213 era chuck what did people have to say so the percentages shook out to 72% of the 715 votes voted yes. This is the last quote-unquote best shot for the Clippers to have. While 28% voted no, we, we will have more chances. Will, where are you voting in this? Well, okay, so... Also, shout out Montana. Last best player. Anyways, I put that in there as a reference. I don't think anyone noticed. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, so I like that, you know, you said best shot the yeah. Clippers will have. Yeah. And Not the last shot by any means. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think that that is super important because I by no means think that the championship window is closed after this year. Not at all. But I do agree that this is the best shot. Especially if we get a full, healthy offseason, Kawhi and Paul George, and you know, you never know what's going to happen throughout the course of the season. You of can't course, control it. It's complete, but we're built for that. Com- completely out of your control. We showed this year that we're built for whatever happens because everything happened this last year for the Clippers. And so I think that there's kind of a couple of ways to look at this. Like, I think if you're looking at how this season went, you can feel pretty content in what you've already got. Oh, yeah. I'm smug. Or... I'm over-content. I'm smug. Which I do think is a consideration. Like, if this last year is the best shot, maybe you do make a move. Right? Clippers content made that point. Uh, Clippers Twitter power user, Clippers content, said, if more of the vets get pushed out for younger talent, it extends the 24 at most. though, Which I think is kind of interesting. Well, it's this year, it's next year, and the year after that. Basically, is what Clippers content saying. So I have a hard time arguing with based on how the NBA works. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the thing is, is like, you don't see it coming, right? Like, you 100%. never know. You, we hey, July 4th, remember that? We didn't know what the hell was going to happen that day. But like, <laughs> oh, I wasn't even referring to the move. I, I just mean like, you're kind of in the dark about when your window is closed until it's closed. Sure. Especially for these bigger teams, you, you know, like teams where you have at least two superstars, right? Yeah. And what the Clippers have done really well is I think that they've put together one of 
the best like depth rotations around their two stars. Has to be. They've done a really good job of like, and not just on paper. People bought in. Like you can have all that depth on paper, but if people those, people don't care, people bought in. But they're also tailored to the skill sets of the two superstars, which is super crucial. Because like, yeah, big names means a lot on a piece of paper, right? Right. But like yeah. uh, the way that it all fits together is ultimately what determines you know whether you end up. Hosting the Gary OB. Of course. Or yeah. not. What they call it in Canada. Yeah. Um, um, well, Kai said the only, Kai on Twitter said the only thing stopping the clips is health. And they said cheers to health. I will cheers to that for sure. Oh, absolutely. That it's also one, one of the only things stopping all 30 teams. Mm-hmm. We just have worse luck. Except for, you know, the Magic. And, uh, there's teams some teams. That are yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would have voted yes on this. I think next year's the best shot. There's hundred percent. There's turmoil coming in the Western Conference. Yeah, we don't know what's happening with Aiton. We don't know what the hell's happening with the Jazz. Um, there's just some big. Aiton gets re-signed by who? The Suns? Yeah. For not a max. Oh, maybe you're right. Yeah, he's getting tough. a max from somebody. He's getting a max from somebody. So that's a big domino. The the Jazz. No one. They. They are at the point where they have to. They're literally choosing between two max guys, which is it's probably going to be Mitchell's, who they're going to keep. So that sends ripple effects through everything, right? Like where Gobert goes. So that turmoil helps the Clippers. Yeah. Because we're, right? We're all constantly in turmoil. So we're able to handle these roster changes and things like that. Um, Jason A. Tuddy said, we've not played a consistent starting lineup yet, so the 2-1-3 era hasn't really started. Mm. That's just not how time works, buddy. I, I also disagree with that because... Because they've been on this team and they've gotten significant injuries on this team, so it, we're in it. <laughs> the era's here. <laughs> and... Yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah. They're both on the roster, so like the wall era thi- started as soon as the trade happened. Yeah, like wall. Yeah, wall. Things have changed. Like the DNA or like the you know the core is still around these two players. Absolutely. So like yeah, there's no denying. We go for as me far, that that started. We go as far as two one three takes. Would you say that our second best shot was in the bubble? I'm actually, I'm going to borrow a thing from Doc here. A, I don't think it was because Doc Rivers was our code. And B, the Heat made the flat, like anything could, like I don't, I don't know what to think of bubble basketball the further we get removed from it. For sure. And I genuinely mean that. Yeah, for sure. Because it was weird as hell. And I think I'm against it having happened in any way. Yeah, I was excited at the time, but now. Bad. Like thinking about it, yeah, and especially like Doc hearing... is holding us back basically for the my bubble argument is my bubble my argument against the bubble is that Doc was our coach, yeah, and no, it wasn't because even fully healthy we were still well Rez so was like is is this best chance with Ty Lu? Sure, the bubble was, but the organization was who it was when the bubble happened, and Doc Rivers was playing Trez versus Jokic. Yeah, it was what it was. That wasn't the main contributing factor, but it was a big-ass factor. And the reason I'm not including last year is just because, like, I don't think you can remove health from the equation. You know what I mean? Right, yeah, like, full, like so a bunch of people responded, like, fully healthy, we would have won last year. Sure, I totally agree. Yeah. But 
that wasn't this, the case. This is why we asked if this next year is the best shot. Yeah. Um, and looking at age, so here's the major contributors who are in their 30s. Kawhi's 31 in June. PG just turned 32. Reggie just turned 32. Morris is 33 in December. Batum, 34 in December. And Rocco, 32 in December on the same day as Batum because they do have the same birthday. That would be a fun time. Um, which is fair, right? Like three or four of those guys in their 30s are in, are in our starting lineup. So those are the 30s. Which, the dirties. The dirty 30s. The craziest one kind of just is Batum, like 34 in December, whatever, whatever. But look, Norm's 29 this month, Luke's 26 in June, Zoo's 25, Terrence is 26 in October, um, Hart turns 24 this week, which is kind of crazy. That Ramirez is. Ramirez's 25 in June. So what I like about the Clippers roster is that the, the, the fill-in-the-gap pieces are not older guys, except for Rocco and Batum in terms of bench guys right now. We might move on from Morris, but you know what I'm saying? Like the guys who like the reinforcements are not aged. Yeah. With NBA miles as much. Yeah, that's fair. You know what I always say though? Thirties, hmm. flirties, and thrivings. I what is that? That's a reference to 13 going on 30, a fantastic oh, okay. film. A good film? Good film. Alright, if you're a Kino head, <laughs> check out uh, 13 going on 30. Let us know what you think over at Locked on Clips. One person was mad we don't run the polls longer. I don't know. Figure it out, buddy. Coming up on shavings, we're talking Luke Kennard finishing uh, in the realm of possibilities for sixth man and a whole bunch of other stuff right after this. All right. So we're in shavings. Hey. Hey, it's shavings. It's shavings. Cool. So interesting note on the sixth man of the year race. Yeah. Luke Kennard finished fifth. Yeah. He got two second place votes and six third place votes. Interesting. I think. Were you surprised by this? I would argue that Terrence was a better six man than Luke. It's about scoring. I know it's about scoring, but that's what gets me mad about the fundamental. Like this, the award should be best scorer off the bench. Is what the award should be. Yeah, it should probably be called that. It should yeah. not be six man of the year. Yeah. <laughs> um. But no, this seems fair, right? Fifth. I mean, I guess I'm a little surprised by this, but... Oh, I was definitely a little surprised. I was like, I was not expecting him to be on this at all. But I think it makes sense. Not in a mean way. I think it makes sense given the way that we, you know, did and had to lean on him this season. Sure. Um, And I don't know. I guess I'm glad that he got the recognition, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Good for Luke. I mean, we leaned on Terrence a little harder for a bunch of different other things, but that's fine. Um, Five a vote next year. It's retroactively going to Terrence Mann. I'm going to ruin this whole process. (laughs) Um, Robert Covington, speaking of awards, nominated uh, for a much more real award than the BB Index's Best Defensive Man Award. He's nominated for the 21-22 NBA Cares Community Assist Award. Way to go, Rob. Good stuff. Um, Go vote on Twitter. Will, Roko's at the top of your getting back list, right? Oh, absolutely. To me, he's a must-sign. Um, you know, Batum has an option, um, but both of those guys... He's coming me, back. Both of those guys, to me, are, are, are essentials. Absolute essentials. Yeah, I mean, I think Batum's coming back. I think... Uh... What, what did uh, 
Larry say about, or sorry, it wasn't even Larry. Uh, what did Jerry West say about like the Paul George deal? Like, if you can get it done, do whatever it takes to get it done. Yeah. Um, that's a little bit how I feel about Robert Covington and Batum. Agreed, a hundred percent. The nice thing with Batum is that this is, I think, next year is his last year getting money from Charlotte. So. It was either last year or this year. I can't remember. It's close, but he's already gotten a fair amount of money from Charlotte. So, like, this is kind of like, I don't know if he'll be here the year after next. Um, but, yeah, I'm, well, I mean, yeah, I've said it. Like, I want Lawrence Frank to be in full Howard Hughes mode. Like, let's just lose our mind. This is it. Yeah. Like, cash out on Covington. Give him whatever he wants. Get a two man. Get you already got no. You, you already... For the, for a team that is like heavy loaded with two superstars, you have kind of a lot of team friendly contracts. So Russo and I were talking about that. It's funny because you have kind of like Norm, PG, Kawhi at these like higher level contracts. Obviously PG and Kawhi at the maxes, and then everyone I'm not, else. And I'm honestly not including Norm at the high level contract. Health, notwithstanding, just compared to other contracts on the team, isn't he at like twelve? No, he's around like 20 or something. He's kind of like kind of a big contract. Um, but everyone else is lumped into that like 11 to 16 amount. Like that's kind of where everybody's at. Yeah. Um, which is great. It's team friendly and trade friendly, which are two different things. Like yeah. Norm's at Norm's at 15 this year, 16 next year, 18, 19, oh, yeah. 20. So everyone's lumped into this. Yeah. Like 12 to whatever reigns it's very movable yeah like they have pieces to make a trade we have so many sure. guys at that 16 number like that which i think is kind of the sweet spot yeah for, for kind of greasing the wheels yes that is definitely um and it helps which is nice um all right we missed this thing the other day okay but pat bev is going to be training with Kawhi and taking Jaden mcdaniels with him can I say, like, I'm, I'm so happy that these guys still at least have, like, a working relationship. We heard reports, you know, earlier of Pat Bev going to work out with Kawhi. I believe that was pre-bubble, correct? Yeah. Um, and, and, and he was kind of talking about, like, just seeing the level that, that he works at. And we already know the level that Pat Bev works at. Um, so I think that, that was really cool. And then seeing, you know, McDaniels get the opportunity to be a part of that. I don't know, man. Like, I'm, it's, it's hard for me to not feel sentimental about this. Yeah, I think that's fair. I like... I mean, I'm just glad that there's not, like, was there. real bad blood. You know what I mean? I don't think there is. Because it's not... Kawhi didn't say, I don't want Pat Bev, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for if sure. he did, they're not going to tell him that he did. So, like, I think we're totally good over there. Um, Scale of 1 to 10, how enthused will Kawhi be for the Tim's on in the sand part of the workout? I bet he's all about it, man. <laughs> he actually gave him the idea. He's like, I actually, I told Pat Bev to do this. Um, I wear the Tim's with the stash pocket full of sand as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kawhi, what if Kawhi just only wears iPad? No, it's Docs. I wear, <laughs> I wear Docs in the sand. Some Doc Martens, dude, let's do it, dude. Um, anything else in shavings? Anything else? Are we recording this on anyone's birthday? I don't think so. Paul George, Paul George's birthday was yesterday. That's the only birthday in May that I'm aware of. That's true. Very true. Happy birthday, Will. <laughs> Thursday's episode, we're going to be doing the other guys' season grades. 
The other guys. The other guys. There's a whole bunch of C's and D's, if I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, we're doing Thirsty Thursday. Then, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, Will, I'm going to check the podcast app uh, for our, you know, hopefully a season review from someone. But if someone wanted to leave us a review, where could they find Yeah, like if, if you want to give us a season grade or just leave a rating or review in general on the podcast, you can do that over on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app on your mobile device. You can also do it over at Spotify. They got reviews now. We'd love to hear what you think. We would. We absolutely Just, would. We, we absolutely would. So you can listen to us on either one of those platforms. You can also listen to us on Google Podcasts. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. Basically, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can listen to the show. Uh, we do come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. Hey, we, we'd love it if you checked us out. We absolutely would. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William, the birthday boy Updike. Uh, and... <laughs> As always, we appreciate you. <laughs>